You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on thepresszone.fm. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Greetings and salutations, Press Zone listeners. Welcome to this week's edition of the Press Zone podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Of course, we are produced by Rocket Sports Media and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. We are so glad that you're here with us today. Uh, I'm your host of the show, also the lead Laval Rocket correspondent, as well as host of uh, YouTube's Habs Hockey Report here at Rocket Sports Media. My name is Amy Johnson, and uh, I'm really excited about today's show for a couple of reasons. Um, It's the last show in August, first and foremost. Can you believe it? It feels like just yesterday we were just entering uh, the slow month of hockey uh, at the beginning of August. And here we are now wrapping up this month. And why is that exciting? Well, that means the next time we meet, uh, it's going to be September, which is the month of rookie camps and the rookie tournament and training camps and NHL preseason starting. Um, And all of that means lots of news, lots of excitement, lots of action, lots of analysis, lots of, uh, you know, all sorts of things happening. It really means the beginning of a new hockey season is just around the corner. So I'm very excited about that. And I'm also very excited because this week, not only is Patrick Williams back for another edition of the AHL Hot Stove coming up in the second segment, but Rick Stevens is back as well. Yes, the band is back together today, uh, and uh, it's going to be fun having all three of us back in the studio together, guaranteed to be a fun, insightful, informative chat. Uh, We're going to talk about the American Hockey League and what it means to be a winning team in the AHL. We, we, we talk very much about how important development is in the AHL and that it is the NHL's development league that is obviously the first priority uh, for teams in the AHL is to develop their parent club's NHL prospects to uh, prepare them for the transition to the National Hockey League. But 
a very close second place behind that is being a winning franchise. And there's there's a number of reasons for that. And so when Rick and Patrick join me in the studio in the second segment, we're going to dissect that a little bit. We're going to talk about and explain why winning is still very important. Development, yes, top of the line, top priority. But winning for uh, an American Hockey League team is also very important. So you're going to want to stick around for that. Uh, first, let me just get you caught up on any news that you might have missed uh, in the past week. It still is that quiet part of the season. We've seen uh, some of the, the Montreal Canadiens' younger players have been out on the links this week. Uh, you know, all, all those kinds of end-of-summer activities happening. Uh, if you missed last week's Canadians Connection podcast, I was once a, once again back in the hosting chair, uh, just subbing in for Michael Spinella. And Rick Stevens and I had a great conversation with a special guest on last week's Canadians Connection podcast. His name is Michael Trakos, uh, formerly uh, with Post Media, uh, formerly a Toronto Maple Leafs beat reporter for for Post Media. Uh, he is still an NHL writer and and covers the Toronto Maple Leafs, but he's also the managing editor for the Hockey News, uh, their new 32 NHL team sites, of which, of course, Rick Stevens and us here at the Rocket Sports Media team, we are the ones who are providing the content for the Hockey News Montreal team site. Well, Michael Trakos is the managing editor for all 32 of those NHL team sites for the Hockey News. And so he joined Rick and I uh, on last week's Canadians Connection podcast to not only talk a little bit about how the Hockey News is expanding their hockey coverage in the online forum, uh, but also, and perhaps more importantly, was here to uh, talk to us about the state of the rivalry between the Habs and the Leafs. You know, it's one of the most storied rivalries in hockey, in sports. Um, it's had some lulls in recent years as both teams kind of struggle to find their footing. But but this next season could be really the beginning of writing a new chapter in that rivalry. And so that was a really fun conversation, a great episode. So check that out at CanadiansConnection.fm if you did miss it. Uh, on last week's show, uh, as far as Laval Rocket News is concerned, uh, last week we talked about the promo and theme nights that Laval had released for this upcoming season. And this week, they've announced their community relations programs for the 2023-24 season. And this is one of those things that kind of goes hand in hand with what we're going to talk about in the next segment. You know, winning is important to one of the aspects of why winning is important to an AHL franchise is to serve its fan base, provide, you know, that entertainment and loyalty uh, to to sell tickets, to keep the, the franchise afloat. And being a good part of the community is really a big portion of that. Um, you know, not only your on-ice pro- product, but what, does, what do you as a franchise do for the community in which you are located? And, and the Rocket has... Uh, in, since its inception in 2017, has done a good job of that. Uh, one of their programs that I really think is very fun, and they're continuing it this year, is their Read for Fun program. Uh, and this is where members of the Laval Rocket visit area schools. This year they'll be visiting five of them, uh, where players will visit five um, elementary schools and talk to them about their school journey and things like that. But the fun part is that those Rocket players will then sit down 
for story time uh, with local kids and read them a book. Uh, I'm a huge bookworm. I've been a bookworm since I was a kid, and I think encouraging reading in children and instilling that quality in them at a very young age is a really important thing. And I love that these kids get to, you know, take one of their local hockey heroes from the Laval Rocket who is reading to them and also, you know, instilling a love of books in them at such a young age. I think it's a great program. Um, And so they are going to uh, keep going with that uh, in January. They're also going to continue their Rocket Hockey Tour program, and that is where the Rocket visits local arenas to skate with young hockey players. They'll be hitting four different arenas around the Laval area uh, to provide those those youth teams with kind of typical Rocket training. It, It gives young hockey players a glimpse at you know, what do, what do the pros do? How do they train? Um, and one lucky team will have the chance to practice at Place Bell uh, itself with several of the Rockets players, uh, which is also very exciting. Uh, per usual, they'll be making several hospital visits over the season, uh, you know, giving giving kids uh, the support that they need, kids and adults, really, uh, bringing gifts, bringing smiles. Um We talked about how they'll have a Hockey Fights Cancer game on November 17th and the Teddy Bear Toss game uh, as well in December. Those those two things obviously directly benefit the community as well. Uh, They are going to partner with the city of Laval for their first ever blood drive at Place Bell. Um, This is the 50th year for the city of Laval's blood drive, and this is the first year that the Rocket will partner with them to host a blood drive at Place Bell. We know that when the Canadians do their blood drive at the Bell Center, it's a very well-attended event. It's a very popular event. Uh, not only does it do a lot of great good for the community itself, but but people are very excited to go and participate because they know they're going to get to interact with their favorite players uh, when they go to that as well. And so it looks like Laval is going to try to tap into that as well. And I, and I imagine this will be a successful uh, event for them. Uh, so lots of different, lots of different things going on. Uh, the the Rocket did mention in their press release that in these first six seasons of the Laval Rocket being in existence, they've donated more than seven hundred thousand dollars to several different non nonprofit organizations in in the general Laval area um, through ticket and merchandise donations, but most importantly, the 50-50 lottery. So it's been very successful, $700,000 over the course of six seasons. That's more than $100,000 a year for an for a brand new AHL franchise. That's impressive. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see how successful they are this year. I think they've got a lot of great initiatives underway and a great way to become part of the fabric of their local community as their fans. We know uh, Laval fans pack the building in Place Bell. It's one of the better attended uh, franchises around the league, and uh, it's because Laval fans are quite passionate. They they love their hockey and they love uh, going to Place Bell. So congratulations to the Laval Rocket on uh, what looks to be another great season of community initiatives uh, on tap for this year. All right, we are going to take a quick break. We have uh, our sponsors over at DraftKings have a brand new incentive because guess what? 
college football starts this season, this this weekend. Brand new incentive from DraftKings, uh, so you'll want to check that out. Take advantage of it. It's just for our Press Zone listeners, so take advantage of that. That's going to give Rick and Patrick a couple of minutes to get themselves settled in the studio, and when we come back on the other side of this break, they will be here with me, uh, the three of us here in the studio for the AHL Hot Stove, and we're going to talk about winning in the AHL and why it's important. So don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss it. This is the Press Zone Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. College football fans, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Now, anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast. The only thing that's really a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, life's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. It's summertime, and it means that, of course, it's music listening time. Whether you are chilling at the beach or at the lake or at the cottage, even in your backyard, out for a walk or a jog or drive and cruising with the windows down or the top down if you're lucky enough to have a convertible. It is summer music season. What have you got uh, playing on your favorite summer playlist right now? I've been listening to a lot of classic rock, a lot of 70s and 80s. You know, even if you're not going on vacation, summer is all about that vacation state of mind. And so whether you want to listen to those favorite tunes on repeat or you just need to retreat inside your own head for a little bit, uh, it's so much fun to create your own summer soundtrack and I like to do that by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. There's just so much going on all summer and sometimes you need some upbeat music to just pump you up before you uh, go out and and hit the beach with some friends or head over to a family barbecue or maybe you want to relax a little bit with some calmer music, guided meditation. You know, no matter what it is, if you're taking your earbuds on the go with you, maybe to the gym, like I said, out for a jog or a walk, or maybe you're just relaxing at home and you want some great tunes. I love to listen to music while I'm in the kitchen working, uh, whether I'm cleaning or whether I'm cooking. 
baking, that kind of thing. So let me tell you, having your Raycon wireless earbuds is a great way to do that. Uh, they are the best way to listen to your music. You can use the earbud tap functions to toggle between three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and awareness mode, uh, which allows some environmental sounds in so that you can still kind of hear what's going on around you if you want. Raycons have a 32-hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you can really listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. Uh, they come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit. That's a big one for me. Uh, in-ear uh, earbuds and, and gel tips are, are typically difficult to fit inside my ear so that they fit and stay in my ear, have not had an issue with my Raycons at all. And they start at just half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good, if not better. Uh, Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. And if you'd like to take advantage of a deal that they've got going on right now for the Press Zone listeners, you can create your own soundtrack with Raycon. And right now, as a listener of the Press Zone, you can get 15% off your Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Welcome back once again to the Press Own Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, produced by Rocket Sports Media and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Once again, I'm your host of the show. My name is Amy Johnson. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, I invite you and welcome you to do that. Always love to hear uh, directly from our listeners. You can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. Don't let the name frighten you folks if you're new here. It's just because I'm born and raised and live actually in Pennsylvania. So uh, yes, the Flyers were my team growing up. Uh, so uh, Flyer, at Flyers Rule, you can also follow at Rocket Sports. That is the best place to keep track of all of our content that you can now find over at the Hockey News Montreal team site, bookmark THN.com slash Montreal. Once again, THN.com slash Montreal. That is where you're going to find all of our Canadians and Laval Rocket coverage this coming season. It's all in one place, just one website to go to. So make sure you bookmark that. Follow at Rocket Sports on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And last but not least, be sure you're subscribed to this podcast. You don't ever want to miss an episode each and every Tuesday. As things start heating up with the season, we're going to be bringing you lots of Laval Rocket and Habs Prospect news. And um, while you're at it, tap that share button and just share this episode uh, on your favorite social media platform. We would appreciate it. It's the best way that you can say, um, say that you support this show and it's the best way that you can help us out here at the Press Owner Rocket Sports. So just tap that share button. It takes just a second. So the big question on our minds for this week, as I discussed at the, at the top of the show, um, you know, it's, it's kind of the, it's almost, it's almost the AHL's version of the chicken and the egg argument, which one... <laughs> Not necessarily which one came first, but which one should come first, winning 
or development for an AHL team. Uh, there are plenty of arguments on either side of that coin and plenty of arguments for a balance of both. Uh, and so I'm very excited to not only have Patrick Williams back in the studio for the AHL hot stove today. Welcome back, sir. Thank you. Complete with your angels coming in. Uh, but that the sound of those angels also means that Rick Stevens is back in the studio with us today. Rick, welcome back. I'm glad to be back. And those angels mean that it, they're all out of respect for Patrick because uh, I always enjoy being in the same venue as he is uh, talking hockey. Thank you. <laughs> well, I know I am glad and our listeners will be glad that, uh, as I, I, I said at the top of the show, that the band is back together this week. So <laughs> That's right. Um, Patrick, the, the whole inspiration for this this topic this week actually comes from a thread that uh, I saw you had on Twitter this week where you spelled out some some very good arguments as to, as to why winning, despite the fact that, yes, we know that the, the a big priority and goal and standard for the AHL these days is that it is the NHL's development league and that prospect development is exceptionally important for each AHL franchise, but you laid out a, a, a series of thoughts uh, online discussing why winning is also still exceptionally important for AHL franchises. And boy, you got a, you got a bevy of responses both for and against that argument, uh, which, which I found really fascinating. Um, so let's, and, and some of them, I mean, some of them were well thought out. Others were a bit trolly, <laughs> like the uh, fellow who decided to say, oh, look at this guy who thinks that people watch AHL teams for the teams. Ha ha ha. <laughs> I liked that you uh, uh, deftly said, well, yes, they do, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I, I have news for that guy that's, uh, you know, as important as development may be, I don't know that there are too many fans that are that hardcore that they're showing up to watch development. They're showing up for the same reason fans show up at any hockey game, which is to see wins, to see goals, to see skill, uh, see hits, fights, um, cheap beer, um, <laughs> family-friendly, a place to bring the kids, something to do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And somewhere probably far down the line, there is the concept of development and systems and all that good stuff. So, yeah, I think that guy, uh, you know, there were some arguments that people made either for or against that were, um, you know, I thought reasonable. And then there was that one that was just, yeah. That was, that, that was the winner of, if this were, the, uh, if this were an episode of the Canadians Connection podcast, Rick would have had that on the bad tweets of the week, uh, for yeah, sure. That was uh, like, you know, there was, uh, that was just a, uh, a bit, bit outside. <laughs> just a bit outside. Uh, so, so let's, let's start with since your conversation online kind of, as I said, ins inspired this week's topic, why don't you give us a little bit of, of your insight and thoughts on, and I'm not saying that you're saying that winning is more important than development, but it's simply that you're stating the facts that on, on some different levels, winning mm -hmm. is just as important to an AHL franchise as development and, and for reasons that not everyone perhaps always thinks of. Yeah, and, you know, these um, thoughts are sort of based upon uh, talking players and coaches, the ones that, and management, the people that I think know best and are most affected 
by winning and losing. Um, by my own experience, I've covered winning teams. I've uh, covered uh, teams that were bad. Uh, you know, my last year covering strictly a team beat was 2015-16. That was Manitoba, and that was a team that lost 50 out of 76 games. Whew. And I can tell you, when a team in the American Hockey League is out of the playoff race by mid-November, it's not, it's not pretty. Uh, it's not good for development. It's not a good environment just um, in terms of, you know, having your young, impressionable 20, 21, 22-year-olds around that environment. Um, you see very quickly how players stray from the team concept when uh, that, uh, you know, that winning and that, um, that incentive of being in, in, in contention is no, no longer there. Um, and as I said, losing ends careers, right? Like this is a results business. So that's the first part. The second part is dollars and cents. Um, certainly if you're an independently owned team, but even if you're an NHL owned team, like putting people in the seats, uh, selling beer, selling popcorn, you know, selling jerseys, everything. Um, you don't necessarily have to win a cup every year. You don't have to be, you know, you know, a team that goes deep every year, but you have to be competitive. We've all been in, We've all been in a building where the home team is getting blown out that night, mm-hmm. and it's a bad environment. Like it does not does not sell your product. You know, like if it's the home team's down six one in the third period, that building's dead, right? Yeah. Um, I think especially these days where you know it used to be, all right. Well, you know the team's losing, but maybe they'll go out and they'll they'll settle you know a few scores. You know, and like you know the third period will take an hour and a half because you know there'll be seven <laughs> fights. Well, you don't really have that anymore. That's not how the game works, right? No. So, you know, so, so sort of all the different ways that you used to be able to, you know, keep the, the casual fan hooked are not there any longer. So you, you better be at least competitive if you want to have a viable business product. Um, and so, yeah, the, and then uh, I've talked to enough players over the years and have told me point blank, um, winning and development go hand in hand. It's not that one is more important than the other. It's just that one facilitates the other. Development facilitates winning. Winning facilitates development. I think it's very simple because you look at, like, for example, the Hershey Bears this year. Those players, like Connor McMichael, for example, Hendricks Lapierre, et cetera, those players got an extra two months of high-level, high-intensity competition that they would not have gotten had they missed the playoffs. Had they missed the playoffs, they would have been going home April 15th and would have missed out on, uh, you know, the the playoff run, going through multiple rounds, seeing opponents at their best, um, you know, playing the closest level of hockey that you're going to get to the NHL outside of the NHL itself. And so, but the only way you can do that is by winning. And um, so, you know, I mean, we've all seen different farm systems where they don't win mm-hmm. and you see especially when that goes on multiple years like i think back to the new jersey devils when they were with albany and oh yeah every albany was just awful and you know going back to the river rats days you think like how how's a player development in that kind of environment where every year you're out of the playoffs you're not even close you know it's, it's just it's just not a good environment and so I was a little surprised. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I was. I, I'm 
on some level that there was that much pushback because, you know, being in the league, I see the value of winning. But I do think there's a lot of people outside of, of the AHL who don't really follow it closely who just view it as strictly a venue to develop prospects. And, you know, as long as, like, two or three prospects develop, then all's, all's well. But, you know, I think if you're taking the bigger picture and that you're trying to build – you're trying to build a winning culture um, for your young players early on. Um, you know, I think that starts at the AHL level because, I, you know, generally speaking, I, I've not seen too many players that they go from being bad or, or – or, Bad AHL players or players in losing situations that then are able to flip that and go to the NHL and win and, and be productive players. So that's just sort of the different elements uh, of that argument that uh, I try to put out there. I mean, it's it's always a bit of a fool's errand on a venue like Twitter. <laughs> give it my best shot. Well, Rick, so maybe that's maybe that's the the maybe that's the key to to changing it from winning versus development you know winning at all costs sometimes in 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 spite of or or you know at, to the to the loss of development but maybe it's more development while maintaining competitiveness and competitiveness means winning games as well what's 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 your take on on you know still maintaining that development priority um while also remaining a competitive franchise. Well, I agree with with Patrick in, in that it's a balance, and um, you know, I, I think the extremes are are what tosses this off the rails. That mm-hmm. uh, this is all about development um, because you 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 know Patrick's right, um, especially when he talks about the playoffs and and that extra experience and and experience for young players to experiencing the atmosphere and the stress and the, the competitive level of, of the playoffs is, is, is a really valuable lesson, uh, when they're in the AHL. Um, on the other hand, you have, uh, you know, I remember Joel Bouchard was very fond of saying that, uh, winning breeds development, that if you're winning, you're automatically developing. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that's, um, that's a given uh, that if you win with a group of veterans, that that's going to uh, spill down and, and um, you know, um, uh, grow within the, the prospects if they had, you know, if they didn't play a, a large part in that. Um, for, the, for the AHL teams themselves, um, and especially, as Patrick said, for the independently owned teams, um, selling that, bringing bums in the seats uh, selling that message that we have a winning team is the easy mm-hmm. is an easy message and 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 uh, that attracts fans absolutely um, you know it, it, because AHL hockey AHL hockey for the most part is affordable more affordable much more affordable than the AHL it's it's um, it's fun it's a family night out mm-hmm. um, and and do you want to be sitting around watching, uh, um, you know, players learning how to play hockey, learning how to win, learning, um, you know, being developed uh, on the ice? And we heard J.F. Houle say, it was last year or the year before, that um, that that he he believes that development happens in practice and only occasionally in practice when the development people come in. 
um, and that that he said that we're going to we're going to uh, um, make our fans uh, you know happy. Uh, they want to see winning, and that's where our priority is. Um, but it, you know, I guess I have to ask the question: Do wins have to be used as the measuring stick? Um, and and this requires, I'm I, you know, it, development is a really obscure um, concept mm-hmm. for for casual fans to understand. But uh, for fans who are following the organization, um, if the general manager puts out a clearly defined uh, vision, and I think Kent Hughes has done that, where he talks about um, that that we're building a young core of players. Uh, we're building them. He talks about primarily uh, in Montreal, but that's got to extend to the AHL franchise as well. And that um, you know the the veterans. Um, if this is a Broadway play, uh, David Savard and and Sean Monahan are not going to be on the mon- marquee, even though <laughs> they are accomplished NHLers. They've accomplished a lot in their careers. Um, and Ken Hughes has said, these guys are here to support the future stars. Uh, our focus is going to be on the future stars because those guys, those supportive guys, those veterans, those accomplished players, they're not going to be here by the time the Montreal Canadiens are ready to be uh, com- competitive on a perpetual basis. Um, and so, you know, I, th- I think back and... And uh, the kind of um, think back to Laval teams, and and you had guys like like Chris Terry, um, you know, as for the Laval Rockets and I, Laval Rock, and I, I realize their franchise history isn't all that um, extensive. Um, that Chris Terry leads the the Laval Rocket in um, yeah, most goals in a season second in, in assists in a season, uh, first in points in a season. And Chris Terry is is one of those players, superb um, AHL player. And the mm-hmm. Chicago Wolves went out and got him. Um, tremendous if you're trying to win. Chris Terry, um, and I love Chris Terry, not a great locker room guy necessarily to be teaching and passing on knowledge and mentoring and um, you know, Alex Belzeal wasn't that guy either. Adam Cracknell, you know, he's third in all-time uh, goals for for Laval. Tremendous mentor, uh, knowing knowing his, he'd go out and perform and help you win, but he he was also a great mentor. Carl Alsner, in the twilight of his career, was tremendous. In everybody expected him to be upset, and when he went to Laval, but he w- he played well and he was a mentor to the young pe- players. So. Um, I think it's not so easy choosing players that are going to help you win, but choosing players who are, are skilled players but are going to help um, reach the vision. And I, you know, I was listening to um, a podcast in the last week, and it was Kirby Doc. Um, and he talked about you know, the Canadians, they were 28th place team last year, uh, 31 and 51. Not a great season, not a good season at all. And Kirby Doc talked about the atmosphere that he talked about being on the plane. They've just lost 6-1 and the atmosphere is loose and everybody's laughing and nobody's getting down on themselves because they have that vision in their mind of, of what's important and what's meaningful to them. Um, 
you know, and and he he credited uh, Marty St. Louis with a lot of that. And Marty St. Louis, if you look at his record as a as a head coach in the NHL, four twenty winning percentage, forty five and seventy four, not great. What he did do great was was making uh, ensuring that that winning wasn't the primary focus of his team. With that that it was about growth. It was about um, individual pro- progression. Um, and, and Kirby Doc said one of the, the techniques, they, they would go in and they'd lose three games in a row and, and Marty St. Louis would play a blooper reel, uh, <laughs> rather than, rather than criticizing, um, he'd play a blooper reel of those games. And it was funny because, um, now a Dom Ducharme is, Dom Ducharme on, on, has moved on to Vegas, but he's, he's making the rounds of the Montreal media. And what is he talking about? Wish I wait. Uh, wish I had made uh, hockey more fun for my guys. Um, and and so, you know, I think that that uh, the AHL team can have a focus. Can can adopt the the bigger focus of um, the you know the organization. Um, and do they have to win? Absolutely, they have to win. But I think it's. It's those young guys that have to learn to to win together and have a supporting cast who are good mentors um, along the way, um, and and in that way, the whole organization can be learning to win, learning to build a, a you know a contender at 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 all levels, um, and you know I I I, st- I think back to to 2019-20. And that roster that that Laval had, and there's there's not there's not a lot left um, from that roster. But um, Joel Bouchard was one of his favorite players. Uh, was Kevin Lynch? He played Kevin Lynch, you know, in every situation, in every big situation. Um, career AHLer Ryan Paling sat on the bench for big faceoffs, for end of the game faceoffs, for um, you know, important shifts. Where's Kevin Lynch now? I mean, I, and, and I don't know the answer to that. I don't think he's playing hockey. Um, so I, th- I think that, that there has to be, is that an easy message to sell to fans? No, it's not. Um, but I think, I think there has to be, um, and, and, and I should say this depends on, on the franchise. This depends on the AHL team. Uh, some of this you can sell to your fans who understand the whole vision. Other places, this is not going to fly at all. Uh, they're they're going to want to see pucks in the net and 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 wins and and that's all they're going to want to see. Um, but I think if I think it really uh, depends on the communication of the message uh, to the fans by the organization, and that starts generally. It starts with the the general manager. I think that what you both lay out completely illustrates the fact that this that's why this this getting this balance right at the AHL level is is a very tricky task not only for for GMs but for coaches even for players as well trying to navigate all of that um and I think I think Patrick it's probably why you got such a such an array of different opinions about it when, when you mentioned, uh, when, when you brought up this topic on Twitter. Um, cause there's, you know, there's, there's people are very passionate about their teams, but they're also passionate about wanting the NHL team to succeed. And that means 
building their core of young players. Um, so there's, there's, it really is a, a, a tricky thing to find, to find the balance. And I think you both made a really good points of, you know, about the aspects and, and the elements that have to come together in the right combination. But then we have uh, sh- the Chicago Wolves this year have completely just uh, gone off book um, and they're going to bring a completely different element to the league this season because they're essentially scrapping the development portion, uh, announcing that they are going to be a fully independent team this year. They are not going to have an NHL affiliation, which means they won't be developing prospects. They are just out to try to win a Calder cup. Um, and, and that's a really, that's a bit of a tightrope both for Chicago, but also for the league to be walking, um, at, at this point, uh, I would, I would, I would imagine, and kind of, kind of throws a whole new wrench into the into the equation. Yeah, this is uh, like a Back to the Future thing. This is uh, <laughs> first time since ninety four ninety five that there will be a truly independent team in the American Hockey League, and that was obviously a much different era. That was Dave Andrews' first season at the helm of the AHL. So, uh, needless to say, in the last almost thirty years, the league has changed quite a bit. Um, so we're now going to really sort of, it's, it's kind of going to be a, like a, a live ongoing experiment of, um, prospects versus development and, uh, you know, prospects and development versus veterans and winning kind of like, you know, and, uh, it's really interesting to see with Chicago, like, cause they do have some younger players that are signed now in this roster and sort of see how they approach the whole concept of development, you know? So if you have uh, like an Isaac Radcliffe, for example, mm-hmm. um, somebody who's still young, um, but obviously has had some, uh, you know, his career stalled in a lot of ways to see where, see how they approach it, or is it strictly winning? So that, that would be one element I think to watch and just how will, NHL teams react to having their prospects playing against a, a veteran team like Chicago. And, and it was funny when, when, you know, I was getting some of that pushback from, you know, from the fans and like people saying like, well, you know, Chicago's, Chicago's not going to have a good year. They're going to be a bad team. I'm like, um, guys, have you looked at who they've signed? <laughs> they've actually put together a really good team. Um, you know, just because a guy is a journeyman, you know, from an NHL standpoint, um, those are often the best players down at the American Hockey League level. I mean, that's just the reality. And, you know, you look at, you know, you look at your top 10 scoring in the AHL, and it's, it's pretty, it's heavily dominated by players that are, are not prospects. Yeah. Um, so um, that's sort of, you know, the element to, of the AHL that maybe people overlooked at. Prospects are not necessarily the best players in at that moment in the AHL. Um, they're still very uh, unfinished, and uh, you know, while their ceilings long term might be higher, um, you know, at the moment um, they're not necessarily better players than, than the older guys. And so, um, seeing how how that you know the lead that's you know made such so much of its um, you know reputation and its name on the whole idea of being in top developmental league now. Now you have a team where it's, yeah, it's all about winning. So that's, uh, it's going to be kind of a fascinating um, experiment to see see how it plays out in real time. 
and you look uh, and and it's it's um you know, AHL rosters are so fluid uh, that it's something that changes uh, during the year. That, but um, the average age, and just looking on elite prospects, the average age of of the AHL rosters, um, yeah, is typically around 24 years old in the AHL. Um, Chicago blows that out of the water at at 27. <laughs> uh, 0.26. There is, and um, in the experience factor, um, 4,600 games of experience, there, there's, this is going to be a real interesting experiment. I know, I'm going to have fun watching. <laughs> Might have to watch more Chicago Wolves games this year just, just to see how uh, how they perform and, and, Patrick, as you say, how other teams react to, to having to play them, particularly the Western Conference teams uh, and the Central Division teams who are going to be up against them all the time. Um I think if if there's a conclusion to be made, it's that there's no clear conclusion. Um, and I think yes. <laughs> it's one it's just one of those aspects about um, pro hockey and and the AHL level that is constantly evolving. We've seen uh, quite an evolution in the AHL over the last decade, um, and and I think that evolution is going to continue to to occur. Uh, it just it's just a matter of of what what the leagues concurrently kind of settle on but i i really enjoyed both of your perspectives on this there's it's 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 one of those things that's just not cut and dry it's not black and white and it really requires you know it's it's to me it shows the importance of hiring the right coaching staff at the ahl level and putting the right if you're if you're an organization that designates a, a separate gm for your ahl affiliate um, those hiring decisions become much more important, I think, in this kind of a scenario. It's a good point that you make that um, that it is it, it isn't cut and dry, and that you know there is a lot of ambiguity, a lot of gray, because it was anything but that on Twitter. <laughs> it was, <laughs> really? This way, and how dare you say it's anything but? Really? And, um, yeah, I'm like, well, you know. There aren't many things in life that are, are that cut and dry, number one. And number two, certainly not in, the, in in hockey where there's, you know, as we all know, there's, you know, you think you know everything and that's when you don't know anything. Um, and so I, I found that aspect of it to be highly amusing. I think you summed it up perfectly. Well, and, and that's one of the reasons I uh, enjoy coming here and, and talking with you both because I learn something every time I'm here and, and uh uh, with an open mind, uh, you're able to to uh, learn something, and and uh, I know I I find it very very valuable. Well, uh, our listeners do as well. It's so fun to have all three of us back in the studio again together. So thank you to both of you for being here today. Thanks for having thank me, you. Patrick. I know we'll have you back in two weeks uh, for another edition of the Hot Stove. And Rick, maybe maybe the three of us will all get back together as rookie camps are winding down to kind of bring our observations of 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 the young guns and how they performed at their rookie tournaments and and rookie camp and so on and so forth that would be that'd be great probably a good time to have you back in the studio thank you both so much uh really really had fun on today's uh topic thanks a lot thank you it's always a good day here at the Press Home Podcast when those two gentlemen join me in the studio. Thank you once again to Rick Stevens and Patrick Williams for being here with us today. Um, always happy to have them here. 
can't wait to have them both back again uh, sometime very soon. Patrick, of course, will be back in two weeks for his regularly scheduled appearance, and uh, we'll certainly have Rick here probably. Uh, he'll probably join us sometime uh, right around or right after the rookie tournament, and and we'll get him to to join us here on the podcast for his his thoughts on uh, the the young guns as they get set to try to compete for a roster spot with the Montreal Canadiens. That's right. It's about that time to start talking about these things. It's a very exciting time of year. You kind of really start to ramp things up and get excited about what could be possible in the season ahead. We're very grateful to have you right here along with us each and every Tuesday. So be sure to tap that subscribe button. Follow us at Rocket Sports on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And then be sure to come back here again next Tuesday for another fun episode of the Press Own Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rocket Sports. <laughs>